Welcome back to another episode of CRP Classroom. Let's talk about Criminal Procedure Code today. If you're a CRP student preparing for your exam next year, when it comes to this criminal subject, first, you must practice doing past your questions. Second, you must understand the flow process if accused plead guilty and if accused does not plead guilty. So today, let's talk about the flow process. Now, assuming this accused wanted to plead guilty, he's in the courtroom and his name is being mentioned. So the accused will stand up and the charges or your petudohan will be read to him according to the charge sheet. Accused is then asked whether he pleads guilty or not. And assume he pleads guilty or PG, then prosecution proceed to read the fact sheet or fakta case. Accused is then asked whether he acknowledged to the facts or not. Now, there are cases and issues here. What if he keeps silent? What if he has split duty but now don't acknowledge the facts? We'll leave that later on in other episodes of this podcast. Prosecution then proceed to tender other evidence. For example, sketch plan or we call as pelan kasar. That's where, for example, which part of the house that you find the drugs. Your senarai bongka, or sometimes we call as search list. A document listing out all the things being searched and seized from the place or the house. Any exhibit, for example, drugs or whatever, murder weapon, etc. Chemistry report, DNA report, all the things that document that you need to support your case. This is the time the prosecution would tender this sort of evidence. Judge then will ask the accused or his counsel for their mitigation. So this is the time the accused was asked for leniency. For example, he's not working, he has kids, he feels sorry. This is the first time so that he can get a linear sentence. After that, the judge will then ask prosecution for his reply. Prosecution may say this is not the first time that accused had done so. It's a fifth, six, seven times. They've done this many times. So it depends on the prosecution. Then the judge will pass the sentence accordingly. That is the flow process of when accused plead guilty. There are certain issues, particular when, which I've just mentioned, where the accused have pleaded guilty, but when it comes to reading the fact sheet or tendering the sketch plan exhibit or your search list, suddenly he changed and say that no, he didn't sign those sort of things. It doesn't belong to him. That is like a total it a different area on what should the judge do? What can the judge do? Now, let's look at the flow process of if accused does not plead guilty. Accused stand up, a charges petuduhan read to him according to the charge sheet. Accused is then asked whether he pleads guilty or not, and this time assuming he does not plead guilty. Then the accused may then be released on bail depending on what charge if it's murder, normally he'll be just staying in the jail. If it's just a small crime like theft or you know, assault, maybe he'll be released. Court will then fix dates for Lantekan Peguam if you haven't got one. So that is the time he go and search and find one lawyer to represent him. Then court will also fix dates for your case management, etc. And let's say the trial starts 
So the trial will start by prosecution adducing evidence. In criminal, it is always the prosecution that starts first. It differs from civil. In civil, there is a possibility that the defendant may start first, but in criminal, it is always the prosecution. If the trial is set for three strict days, then prosecution will decide how many witnesses to come for the first day, second day, etc. So all witnesses will come according to the dates. They will be segregated and holed up in the witness room. Prosecution will start with the first witness and do a chief examination, in short, CIE, by the prosecution. This is the time the prosecution will extract all information from the witness to build up the case. Then this witness will be cross-examined by the accused, the defense lawyer. So the defense counsel will want to destroy the credibility or poke holes, what we call that poke holes, in the prosecution's witness evidence so that to make it look less reliable, you cannot trust this witness so that they can break the chain of causation. After cross-examination, it will back to the prosecution to do a re-examination. So prosecution may choose to do this or not. Most likely, they will to re-ask some questions to cover back the holes poked by the defense counsel. You can only ask questions that have been put to witness in your chief examination. So chief examination is very important. So when the prosecution start the case, it will start by a chief examination first, then it will be a cross-examination by the defense counsel, then back to re-examination by the prosecution. So after prosecution has concluded his case, he has done with all witness, judge will rule if there is a prima facie case or not. If there is no prima facie, then accused is set free. If there is a prima facie, then accused will have to enter defense. This is where it differs with the civil procedure, civil cases. In civil cases, there are no you know, prima facie. There are no extra steps about prima facie. In civil cases, your prosecution, you start your case. Then after that, the defense will start your case. And at the end, the judge will make a decision. But in criminal, the prosecution will start first. Then they will see if there is a prima facie case being made up or not. If yes, then the defense will be asked to enter their defense. Before the judge rule whether there is a prima facie case or not, judge will normally invite the accused whether it wishes to make a submission of no case to answer. Now, assuming there is a prima facie makeup, everything, then now accused need to enter his defense. So accused then will gather all his witnesses and start his defense. And the flow is the same. This time, he will do a chief examination of his witness then it will be cross-examined by the prosecution. Then it will be re-examined by the accused or the defense counsel again. Judge then make a judgment whether prosecution has proved his case beyond reasonable doubt. In criminal, it is always beyond reasonable doubt. And then pass sentence accordingly. Then if accused is found guilty, then he may apply a state of execution and appeal. If the prosecution didn't make up the case up to the standard of beyond reasonable doubt, then the accused is set free and he can go home. So, in criminal, you must understand this sort of flow. The flow if he pleads guilty, the flow if he doesn't plead guilty. So that when you read other chapters, you will understand what is it talking about. Hopefully, it works out and it can help you in your studies about criminal procedure code. And I'll see you in the next episode.